0: This is Keyshawn Rains, the host of Working Title with Keyshawn Raines, where amazing things happen. A series of past the collection plate style conversations with a Creole, queer, femme, yogi, mom, coach, author, and of course podcast host. With a nomadic soul, a quirky sense of humor, and an activator of empowerment. These conversations are just a chance for me to speak on ways to be mindful in a mindless world. Stories are shared, folks are empowered, inspired, and impacted to be more phenomenal versions of themselves through simple conversations about complex sh- like love, life, and the pursuit of being real. Thanks for listening. I've always wanted to learn a little bit more about the people that I follow or people that I meet, you know, and obviously you and I know each other outside of social media, And, but I've noticed recently that when I go through and look at who I'm following and who I'm interacting with and who I'm really inspired by, I started reaching out to people on Instagram. And last year I reached out to probably like 15, 20 people that I follow on Instagram and sent them an invitation, like the one I sent to you asking them to be on the podcast. And everybody said, yes. And that ended up being another 20 episodes of the podcast. And there were some people that were you know what I consider to be kind of like heavy hitters in like right. fitness or yoga, you know, industry. And so I was super surprised almost that they're yeah. like, "Sure." And I was like, "Okay." So, yes. I I <laughs> keep doing that. And um and of course, you know, uh Damio's like, "You should talk to Mia. You should." She's I was like, "Well, duh. I already follow her on social. So, yeah, let me see if she's available." So, <laughs> when I was looking at your Instagram the other day, I noticed that underneath your, you know, name and everything, it says that um, you're a pain-free movement master for women. (laughs) And when I saw that, it really resonated with me because I, in 2017, was diagnosed with a spinal disease called uh, degenerative disc disease, which is basically a form of like osteoarthritic issues in the spine. So in the cervical spine, and in the lower lumbar. And so chronic pain just became part of my life mm. at that point. And I had already been practicing yoga for several years. And even practicing yoga became something that was really intolerable as far as movement is concerned. So I backed all the way away from movement. And I actually loved lifting weights. Like I love lifting weights. I love, you know, seeing how much, how far my body can go and seeing what it can do. But after that, it felt like I kind of hit a wall. When I saw your Instagram, I was like, wow, pain-free movement. What would that look like? And so that's what really prompted me to reach out to you and ask you to be a part of this. So I appreciate you for saying yes to um, this unconventional method of recording remotely (laughs) and for just, you know, being available and making the time to do this. So I want to just say thank you for that. And um, also want to give you just the spiel that I give all my guests, which is... um, this is a safe space for a very natural conversation to happen. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, mainly about the the impact and the influence that you have in the fitness and the health industry. And you can take up as much or as little space with your responses as you'd like. And um, yeah, so I'm going to give you a chance to just introduce yourself to the listeners by sharing your name and what you
1: stand for. Oh, what I stand for. Oh wow, that's a deep one. What I stand for. Everybody said that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's see. Let's see if I can do this. (laughs) Hello, you still there? I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. So my name is Mia Shante. I am a strength and health coach. And I let's see. As a person, I stand for the betterment of life, all life, all living beings and creatures. Uh, As a coach, I stand for the betterment of women in the sense that I want every single woman to become as resilient, And as carefree as possible. Mm. So that's like that. That's that in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. No, I like that. I
0: like that. And I like that you differentiated between the betterment of all life and all things. And I know that you are vegan. Is that right? Or plant based? Uh, How would you uh, describe that?
1: Nowadays, I would describe it as plant based.
0: Okay. Okay. And what, for somebody who doesn't know, what would you, how would you describe the difference between being vegan and being
1: like a plant-based eater? Okay. So, right. No, that's a very good question. I'm still kind of defining it for myself a little bit. No, as uh, seriously, okay. vegan is I, the technical definition of a very new word, by the way, this word has not been around that long before vegan. It was just simply vegetarian. Uh, so with that being said, so for this new word, vegan means everything that you eat, um, or, or rather nothing that you consume comes from an animal, nothing that you wear comes from an animal, nothing that you put on your skin, or your hair, none of that comes from or is tested on an animal, animal, including insects, even down to bees.
0: Wow. Okay. So no, so a vegan person would not consume honey, honey for correct. instance. Okay,
1: correct. Got it. So the reason I say I'm plant-based now, and by the way, you're the first person to get this information on a public setting. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> Exclusive. <No. laughs> I just haven't been asked asked yet. And I don't lie, but sometimes I'm not, I don't always yeah. get things out there yet. So the reason I say I'm plant-based now is because beginning somewhere around mm, the beginning of this year, I (laughs) started dreaming about eggs and started craving animal products that I hadn't craved before. And, um, And so I have slowly introduced them into my diet, not on a regular basis, but I just honor the craving when it's there, which quite frankly doesn't happen often, but just by honoring that craving, I am technically no longer vegan. However, most of my diet is made up of fruits and vegetables. That's pretty much what I eat most of the time. I would say about 95% of the time. So that's why I would label my diet as plant-based. Okay. And I think that's, I mean,
0: when I think about what even 10 years ago, when before I would say the vegan movement became as popular as it is now, I mean, I, I'm not a practicing or vegan now, I was about 20 years ago, right you know, I remember being in college and, you know, dating someone. Always starts with dating someone. Like, <laughs> that? What are you eating? <laughs> you know, d- dating someone who you know kind of like gave me the rundown and was like, "Do you know if you're eating this and that?" And like broke all this. You know, dairy does this and right like to your body. And this was before I even had any real sense of awareness of nutrition and mm-hmm. you know eg- exactly how food affects the body. And you know, you eat what you eat. You're in college. You're like, "Hey, it's top ramen, whatever pizza. Yep, eat that's college." And then. <laughs> It's college, you know, you're broke and you eat what you can. And so it was someone who introduced me to, you know, looking at more of a plant-based diet. And then at the time, it was definitely more vegan because it, you know, essentially eliminated all, like you said, animal products or anything derived from animals. And I started eating that way and started, was, you know, on a vegan diet for probably about 10, 12 years. And I, you know, it was, it was, it became easier over time, because at the time I was living in North Carolina, and then, you know, came back to California. So, you know, California, it's like,
1: (laughs) at the time in the
0: South, it wasn't quite as popular. I did notice, though, that I felt different. You know, I grew up, you know, asthmatic and allergies and eczema and digestive issues, all these issues internally, but I didn't really know the connection between what I was eating And what it was doing to my body, as opposed to like eating to live or eating in a way that was really gonna serve my body well. So, Mm -hmm. what made you, Mm -hmm. or what I guess encouraged you to embrace
1: more of a plant based eating habit? Well, man, it was not. And okay, so let's go with when I first, so I've been meatless for 11 years. Okay. I first went. vegetarian I was in college so similar to mm-hmm. you I was in college it was my senior year and I had just started for some reason to get back into um, fitness or at least the idea of fitness mm-hmm. at that time and I came across this um, oh man this beautiful looking guy actually his <laughs> name was Marcus Patrick turns out I think he's like a male stripper or something oh, well, but there we go he, <laughs> So he probably ate well, <laughs> you <beautiful>. know? <laughs> yeah, beautiful specimen, uh, I must say. And he, and so I so I started following him and I don't, I don't remember how because I don't think Instagram existed back then or, or that he was even on Facebook, but through Google anyway, I was fascinated with this guy. And then I found out he had this whole spiritual component about him and that attracted me more because I had just began my spiritual journey at that time. And listening to an interview of his he mentioned why he, he eats, um, he's probably plant-based now too at the time he was raw vegan. He mentioned that the foods he, he realized for him that the foods he ate represented violence and cruelty and it contradicted uh, him calling himself a peaceful man of God. And so in that moment with those words, and I still remember it very clearly, the desire to remove meat was immediately removed from me. I didn't have a choice. I didn't make a choice. I, the desire was gone. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it stayed gone for 11 years. Like the desire just mm-hmm. left. I called my lion sisters over. They cleared out my fridge. And I had everything in there. Like all the good stuff too. It was like crab Bancons. legs. I had baked steaks. <laughs> uh, I had everything. This was my senior year. So I had a job at that. At this point too. So I was like, I was eating good this year. And so they came and took it away. Uh, fast forward four years later, I had that same epiphany with dairy stopped eating dairy and then I was vegan ever since and then and then there was a shift and there was a shift and that desire came back but in the person that I was at that time or who I am today and so when I said I honor those cravings like when I went and bought those eggs first off it took me months before I can even do that I'm like searching to find like a local farm mm-hmm. and I'm like if I'm going to do this I'm going to do this right because right I said I stand for the betterment of all life like I cannot I cannot ever support factory farmed animals like that industry is just, is it's poisonous like the the not just to the lives that they're destroying mm-hmm. but the energy that comes out of that are just is destroying the the lives of the communities around them the lives of the farmers that are constantly in debt to raise them. Mm -hmm. And then the lives of the people consuming um, these terrified and malnourished animals. So it's just destruction and poison all the way around. And so how do I take this knowledge and still honor these cravings? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but praise God for Thrive Market and Whole Foods. (laughs) You're able to make some pretty good, pretty decent decisions that way
0: yeah yeah I know that you touched on something really important which is when we're introduced to the truth behind what we're putting into our bodies it's it's not even a matter of like I'm going to make a commitment I'm going to try this for 30 days and I'm going to see how I feel it's that the desire is just removed altogether Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful because I think when people are looking at their their bodies, and they're looking at their health and looking at their wellness, then one of the things that they look at is their diet, you know, their nutrition, what are they feeding themselves. And sometimes we get into these very mindless habits, even when it comes to what we put into our bodies, you know, we eat what we eat, we eat what's there, we eat what we were raised on, you know, things like that, even though there's so much information that's out there now, and so much you know, a visual media that encourages people to eat healthy. And, you know, there's other options and alternatives and things like that. Sometimes there's still something that needs to happen on a spiritual level that really makes that shift that says, I don't even want that anymore. You know, it's not even a matter of me trying to find healthy options. It's all I want is a healthy option. I'm not even interested and in those other things, and so I think that's really powerful, and that that can that really resonated with me because I've noticed, um, I did like the 23andMe uh, DNA, you know, g- uh, whatever genetic testing thing a couple of years ago, yeah. And when I got the results back, it was a you know ancestry test, but it was also a, a health screening, and in that it kind of gives you you know information about you know if you have a genetic predisposition for certain diseases or issues and things like that, and on there it said in big old bold letters lactose intolerant and I was like but I love cheese (laughs) I love it so much (laughs) what do you mean what do you mean lactose intolerant what what are you talking about and and I had you know kind of heard that over the years and you know you know heard you know things like even when I was vegan like you know cow's milk is for cow babies are you a Mm -hmm. cow baby no why are you drinking cow's milk you Mm -hmm. know and then when I kind of like fell off the wagon, so to speak, or started going back into what I consider to be a reckless state of eating where I was just eating whatever. And Mm -hmm. I would notice that if I went without dairy for a while that I was, you know, breathing a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I wasn't having as many sinus issues. I wasn't even having like digestive issues. And recently I hadn't probably hadn't had dairy in maybe like three weeks or something. It wasn't a significant amount of time and it wasn't even necessarily intentional just didn't happen and then I had like two pieces of cheese off of one of those charcuterie boards and that (laughs) night I was like scratchy in my throat my stomach felt all weird I was like I could feel like mucus forming and I was like holy shit okay you're really lactose intolerant just stop eating cheese so yeah when you're working with clients what are some of the challenges that you that you face when you're encouraging people to kind of adopt a more healthy style of eating what are some things
1: that come up for them okay that's a good question I want to address something that you yeah. said before so please remember that please remember that question because I might it. forget mm-hmm. um okay. I do want to say when it comes to dairy dairy is a really difficult thing uh really difficult food to not consume and I will say this is that if you do some digging and if you find that the cow is not native to your ancestors and where they're from, at least the majority of them, then mm-hmm. odds are you've never, your ancestors never consumed milk from them. In which case, right, because humans haven't evolved that much, not from the time that they started farming animals. Like our DNA has, our genetic makeup, have we have not evolved that much. So in order to break that down, you would have to have the, the protein um, I think it's called uh, lactase uh, to mm-hmm. be able to even break down that milk and most people of color because the cow is not native to our ancestors we don't have mm-hmm. the ability to do that that's one. Two, let's say it is in your genetic makeup to break it down if you're consuming factory farm cheese mm-hmm you probably don't have the ability to break that down either because that's not natural and that's not the way it was meant to be consumed so those are the two yeah. things I, I would say in regard to dairy uh the third thing is that it's highly addictive between the salt and the fat content so uh that's right, right. just and know like, that it goes on everything it goes know. on
0: everything <laughs> it's not just me <laughs> okay no, exactly. like,
1: it is a like, big job. Remember, I said I was vegetarian four years before vegan. That was cheese.
0: <laughs> okay, it was cheese. I was holding on. Well, you know, I, I, I remember watching a documentary um, on Netflix, and the name is escaping me right now. Um, it'll come to me later. But there was a segment where they were kind of talking about how the dairy industry in maybe like the late 70s, early 80s, launched this whole ad campaign to like encourage people. Oh, right. To they like got, the milk got milk mm-hmm. campaign and the whole thing. And it was like, cheese goes on everything. Cheese mm-hmm. goes on vegetables. Cheese goes on, well, mm-hmm. there was a time when cheese didn't go on vegetables. It just mm-hmm. vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe yeah. a little salt and pepper, you know, steam them. There was no cheese on everything. And now it's like cheese on everything. So that makes a lot of sense. And especially the ancestral component, I never even thought about that. The idea that, depending on the region that you that your ancestors you know occupied that if there were no cows then there was no dairy and there was no dairy there was no cheese and so yeah that's I'm gonna have to look at that because I mean I can't I can't think of any other other than I of course asked my mom I was like what did your 23andme said she's like oh yeah I'm Joseph tolerant too I was like girl <laughs> so you knew you knew about this the whole time you didn't want to tell anybody um so so now we know but um but no, thank you for that because I think that that when people are thinking about adopting a healthier lifestyle, one of the first things that I hope most people do is to 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 ask for support, to find help, you know, to hire a coach, someone like yourself. And I think that you having the experience that you did, making the shift from, you know, eating one way to eating a different way and even recognizing and honoring the cravings that you're having right now is really powerful. Um, I think that sometimes people are somewhat resistant to hiring a coach because they don't know if they're really going to get it. They're going to just get like, this is where I am right now. I'm, I want to be here, but I don't know how to get to that next step. So when I think about just, you know, even just the conversation that we had back, you know, before Corona talking about a little bit about food and things like that, I, I want to know from you before I go into the other question that I put a pin in, what what do you look for when you're when you're looking for a client or what kind of people are you attracting right now when it comes to the coaching that you do
1: so i i attract um a lot of people a lot of women um who have yo-yoed and they've tried mm-hmm. everything um and they need a little bit more accountability and support uh right now and they're tired of Losing on the weight and gaining it back and or because this can sometimes work together and or they um, they mm-hmm. have a lot of pain, whether it's like knee or back or hip or shoulder pain. There's usually some kind of joint mm-hmm. pain that is taking place as well. So those are the women that I attract. What I look for is um, readiness, willingness and ability to change, even right. if it's slow. But if you don't have those things, if you're not ready right now, if you're not like, yes, I want to make a change, if you're not willing, you're like, yes, whatever we, whatever we talk about together, like we, let's go, I'm ready to, I'm willing to do whatever you suggest. And if you're not able, if you're not in a position where you can commit, where you can set out the time, and again, not a lot of time is required to start making lifestyle changes. I just had a conversation mm-hmm. with my clients today and I said, I want you to take imperfect action every day. Cause I had asked her to, we had discussed together and agreed upon that her first habit that she would work on would be adding a fast metabolism smoothie to her diet. And I checked in with her, mm-hmm. hey, have you started? No, cause I haven't gone to the mm-hmm. grocery store. And I said, so what? I said, you don't have a single piece of fruit or vegetable in your house that you can blend up and make a smoothie. He said, oh, yeah, I have some frozen fruit, but it's not, you know, it won't be in the proportions of the fast metabolism smoothie. Mm-hmm. And I said, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Right. That's not the point. In fact, I want you, I want you to just take action. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just take, in fact, make it as imperfect as you can. <laughs> make it as imperfect as you possibly can so that you can take mm-hmm. action today and do that every single day. And sometimes it'll be perfect, sometimes you'll have to pivot and adjust, but what is not acceptable is taking zero action. Right. No. And so I look for I look for those those women who can take action and they're ready, willing and able to do so. I like that.
0: I like that. And and I love that. Imperfect action because imperfect action is is action. Your move, it's, it's something, yes. you know, and it's 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 yeah. triggering that that response in the brain that says, oh, we're do, we're doing something. We might not have it perfected. Yeah. We might not have mastered it yet, but we're doing it. You know, this might not yeah. be the perfect, like you know, like you said, the fast metabolism smoothie, but it's better than a BLT. So let's do this. You know, it's it's better than nothing or or skipping, you know, the meal altogether. No, I like that imperfect action. Also, it feels like it leaves. It's a little gentler you know, of, of a, of an accountability approach, because I think that that's probably, if I think of myself, especially when you said like people who've kind of yo-yoed, knowing like, I understand nutrition. I have a better understanding of food. I develop a healthy relationship with food. I love movement, you know, but kind of going on that roller coaster of, you know, peaks and valleys of like, Oh, I'm good. Okay. I'm healthy. You know, weight feels good. Body feels good. And then it's like, there's a slump. And if I think of what's been happening this year, just because of COVID, you know, friends have talked about like, oh, I got the COVID-15, you know, like we're in college Mm -hmm. or the COVID-20 or the Mm COVID-30, you know, for some people. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of people are going to be looking for ways to really adopt a healthier lifestyle. And I think some of the biggest challenges that I've experienced is the lack of accountability, you know, saying, well, no one will know if I have
1: this Whole pizza for dinner (laughs)
0: if I have three tacos instead of two or something, no one will know. So I want to know from you as a coach, what are some of the challenges that you see your clients facing when they're taking these first steps to embracing this new lifestyle?
1: Um, The the biggest challenge is unlearning pretty much everything that you just said, right? That demonizing of different food items, like this is bad, this is good, this is unhealthy, this is healthy. You know, and, and I like to get, I like to throw all that shit out the window Mm, because, because that leaves room for the yo-yo. It leaves room for the up and down because if this is bad, right, then you're going to remove it completely, never do it again. And then, oh my gosh, but here I am standing in front of donut friend. So let me get a tired dozen and go and eat all of this because I haven't had it for three months you know and so and now bring on guilt and shame oh well since I just ate a dozen donuts well there's no point in me continuing with what I was doing before because I already broke my diet so that's that's that Mm -hmm. let me quit great and so I like to throw all that away I like to throw it away Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like as far away as I can. And that is the biggest challenge is, is, is helping the women I work with kind of unlearn some of these behaviors that are thrown in these these thoughts that are taught to us via social media, via conversations with different people, via things that we read, via our own friends and family. Like there's all these judgments and, uh, and no one's talking about habits and just simple awareness and helping one figure out what you actually want to eat. How are you feeling right now? Mm. What problem was that dozen of donuts actually solving? Because that was, you, you did it for a reason. It's, it's, it solved some problem. So let's figure out what the problem was and see if maybe there's another solution. Not that the donuts were bad, but maybe there's a different solution that can actually help solve that problem and not just temporarily calm me down Mm. you know like let's let's have some conversations and let's unpack some things and not that i'm a therapist by any means and i always let my (laughs) clients know that like that's not my scope of practice at all but if i see a habit that every time um let me see let me give an example of myself Mm -hmm. when i when i'm stressed I um, kind of become immobile. It's difficult for me to work out. It's difficult for me to even think about food as nourishment, which is the usual way that I view food. And if if I have a craving to even eat, if if I'm stressed, then I want to go for the thing that's going to be the most comforting. Mm. And this is me to this day. This is not something that I've outgrown or anything like that. This is me to this day. When that stress comes, Mm -hmm. if, if comfort food is around, I may not go out and buy it, but if comfort food is around, I will consume it. Mm -hmm. The only difference between me and maybe my brand new client is that I won't have feelings of guilt and shame about it. I will recognize why I did it. And then I will make a different choice either, Right after that, or the next day, and I would find another solution to handle that stress, another way to get the stress off off of me. But I will almost always, especially if it's around, mm-hmm. and it's, this is just being a perfect, an imperfect human. If it's around, I will make the choice to eat that food.
0: Yeah.
1: If yeah, it's a pastry, a donut. I'm I'm gonna go for it. Yeah, I just won't feel bad about it because I know why I did it.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. I think you touched on something so powerful and as i was listening just the idea of of changing the narrative about food stories you know we make stories mm-hmm. we make stories we make meaning of things and you know we have different narratives and belief systems about pretty much everything you know that we interact with as humans and food is no different you know in that and i think that teaching people and coaching people through the process of unlearning some of their food stories, as oh, donut equals bad, but broccoli equals good, or salad equals good and pizza equals bad, and all the the guilt and the shame I think that comes with that. Um, being able to show people that it's okay, you know, if you recognize that a certain food is a soother, you know, in a sense, if you're in a stressful state of mind and you recognize that the food is the soother, but you don't really like the way you feel after that food, then maybe there's an opportunity to introduce something different. And it's funny that you say like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a therapist. I think that a lot of us do We're like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not like a psychologist. That's not my thing, but I'm sure you know that as working, as working with clients, the things that come up, that there's a clear connectivity between what's happening emotionally and mentally psychologically and what's also happening physically and so you know like showing people how they can really look at themselves and in a lot of ways support themselves in those moments of okay I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling angry whatever that feeling is and my you know habit is to reach for a salty or a sweet food. And then after I eat that salty or sweet food, then I feel guilty and shameful. And then I'm just stuck in this spiral versus Mm -hmm. I recognize the stress. I'm reaching for the salty or sweet food anyway. And after I eat it, I might sit down and journal about it. Why did I eat that? What's really going on? You know, what's up? What's coming (laughs) up for me right now? Or maybe I'm going to, you know, phone a friend that I can talk to that can support me that I can say, hey, you know, I was kind of having a shitty day and, you know, I went by and grabbed a whole pizza and polished that bitch off. And now I'm not really feeling too good about it. But you know what, now I want to talk about what was stressing me out.
1: So that tomorrow, I don't have to do that again. (laughs) But you know what, Kishan, what happens is when you make a conscious choice to eat something that's not as nutritious, right, as Mm -hmm. as maybe like a broccoli or something, Mm -hmm. right. And that's how I like to call them the foods that are not as as nutritious nutritious. right they're not bad they're just not as they're just not as nutritious as they could be right Mm -hmm. so but when you make it active choice uh, a conscious choice it's not subconscious Mm -hmm. but when you consciously consume that believe it or not the odds of you binging becomes a lot smaller because you're aware so and now you're choosing it to actually soothe so when you're consuming let's say i'm saying donuts because this is what sasha just brought in the house so when you're eating that donut, you're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. You're feeling the sugar calm you down. You're like, okay, and you can actually use it as what you want to use it for. And then you can move on and start introducing some other solutions. And this is assuming it's even in your house. Because like I said, if it's not in my house, I'm not going to go out and go for it. I'm going to be forced to make another decision. Mm -hmm. But if it's in my house, then I'm going to consume it consciously. And that usually stops you from as you said, polishing off the whole pizza. Right. Like, you may have a couple slices and be like, "Okay, that hit the spot. That was exactly what I needed in this moment." Mm-hmm. Now, 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 what else do I need? Right. You know, and that's where awareness comes from. Uh, and that's that's the biggest step. Yeah. It, like when it comes to healthy lifestyle, like you have to have awareness. You have to protect your sleep. Like your life depends on it. Mm-hmm. eat more nutritious foods than uh, than not, have an active lifestyle, move around, and then the workouts. <laughs> I like that.
0: I like that. Not not as nutritious. No, I'm learning a lot of new phrases today, which is helpful. Not as nutritious. <laughs> as, it's helpful because, you know, I have, you know, a little of my background, you know, I'm, I'm the oldest of five siblings. And, um, oh, nice. My, you know, dad has been a healthy, active guy, as long as I can remember, he works out twice a day, he's up at 4am, he's in the gym, he's working like that's his head, that's his world. That's his, you know, his self care, in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so as a result, you know, we were influenced, we were athletes as kids, and, you know, all five of us participated in sports. And now as adults, i would say three of us are in this health and wellness you know industry in some way i have a sister who's a exercise psychologist and she's a nutritionist and i have a sister who's a choreographer and a dancer and then of course i have yoga and meditation and my thing right. and it's interesting because even though we have all these tools we still have moments where we're still unlearning some of those food stories or some of those you know negative or limiting beliefs about food and we've all gone you know through our ups and downs and everything and Mm -hmm. we were talking the other day about how social media has really made an impact in this industry and I'm curious to know what are some of your thoughts on how social media has impacted the the health and fitness and wellness industry
1: oh gosh on one hand I absolutely hate it on the other I am a better coach because of it, you know? So uh, let's, let's start with the negatives. So We're getting on the positive. So, I on one and I hate it because you see all these people, uh, you know, these fitness quote unquote experts or just models or whatnot, um, jumping up and down, doing crazy stuff on Bosu balls, uh, weird, crazy. I don't, people just do like crazy things to show off. Mm-hmm. And so then the non fit person is looking at this thinking, One of two things, one, oh my gosh, I must be really out of shape. I can't do that. So now they're beating themselves up or two, um, let me go try and do that. And then they hurt themselves (laughs) and then they got to come see me. Right. Right. (laughs) Like those, so that I absolutely cannot stand that. And then, and then, like I said, and then you have fitness models everywhere. And as someone who did a bodybuilding competition, I don't know if I'll ever be that lean ever again in life because I had to work out twice a day and eat barely anything. And that's not the type of life I want to live, Mm -hmm. but this is what's out there. And so then you're comparing yourself. Whereas once it was just left in magazines, now it's on your social media feed, like all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And people can, they're comparing themselves to these um, fitness models, not realizing the, the major sacrifices that they're making to maintain that body, if they're even doing it naturally and there are plenty that are because it's 100 possible mm-hmm. but it still takes it takes a lot of sacrifice right. and, and, and and it's not typical for the average human being but people don't know that
0: right right they see just the one little four by four image you know on their screen and think body goals you know hashtag body goals you know hashtag fitness yeah. goals and they don't no you know i had one of my sisters did a competition a couple of years ago and you know i've obviously known her my whole life and i was like holy shit girl you're i mean it was it was you know the look that you know she was hoping to obtain but then after the competition ended and she went back to i guess a more normal or more you know traditional or sustainable i should say way of eating and activity Then her body, of course, changed and she went through a bit of a, you know, a, a difficult time because, you know, it was like she went back to what was very healthy size and, you know, healthy condition and fitness level was on point, health was on point, but the form looked different. And so it was a process for her to really get back to this place of like, wait a minute, that was a competition form. That wasn't sustainable, normal, everyday human person form form for her. It was was a trip to watch that happen. Because I have a couple of friends who did, you know, went through a competition and went through the whole body, you know, body transformation, and then Mm -hmm. either stayed in that, you know, for a couple of years, or kind of went to a healthier, a healthier, well, healthier, sustainable way for them to live. But, um, but social media had a big part in that it played a big role and I like what you said about, you know, sometimes people don't know the whole story behind mm-hmm. how some 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 of those bodies are created and while they can be created in a natural way. There's also some bodies that are being created unnaturally, you know, with certain mm-hmm. sur- mm-hmm. surgical, you know, um, enhancements and things like that that people don't necessarily know about so. What are some of the, I guess, positive aspects or positive impacts that social media has had on your coaching?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, first, I just want to say mm-hmm. that I actually went through the same thing that your sister really went through. Okay. Yeah, I, it was that body dysmorphia is definitely real. And this mm-hmm. competition was in 2013. I think I did. It's okay. 2020. And there are still times where I have to look at myself and remind myself that I'm not Fat, like those yes. words, that thought will come into my head, and I'm like, "What?" And I have to remind myself that that's not true. You know, I may not have a bodybuilder's body, mm-hmm. but I'm also not, uh, I'm I'm also not overweight. You know, right. and I have to remind myself that constantly. Still, seven years later, so mm-hmm. that is a it's while it's a, a great accomplishment to get that lean. Mm-hmm. When you go back to normal. Um, is it, there has to be better preparation for that? Uh, okay. Because I, I, I do, I do like the aspect of the competition and pushing your body to a limit. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's incredible. There just needs to be better mental and emotional support coming, mm-hmm. going through it, and then coming out of it. I, um, I agree. Yeah, like an aftercare because,
0: period. Yes. sometime. Time.
1: Yeah. 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 'Cause it's quite a feat and, and one should be proud to manipulate your body like that. Like that's that's an incredible feeling. Yeah. Is, is but being able to leave it, you know, like leave it on the stage. Like if you did uh like a dance routine, you know, like leave it, leave, <laughs> leave it, on, it on, on the stage. stage. Yep, <laughs> and then walk away, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I
0: agree.
1: I agree. As far as far as positives and in the health and fitness, social media has connected me through some really great coaches. Um, speaking of my my very first coach, my bodybuilding coach, I found her through Instagram and she has been my mentor to this day. I still am in contact with her. Um, I became a personal trainer because of her. I was then able to be connected to um, really great strength coaches like John Russin and Brett Contreras. Both of them, have really helped me hone my skills at being able to help people move uh, without pain and Mm. develop strength to help either reduce or eliminate that pain. A lot of it was through different uh, mobility and stretching and different types of warm-ups that I learned from John Russon and a lot of glute training from Brett Contreras. And Mm. that was because of social media and and there's and there's tons of other coaches whose blogs i've read and books i've read you know and but i would not have found them without social media so in in that sense my my career and being where i am today has been greatly influenced by (laughs) by instagram
0: (laughs) yeah no i i agree i mean i think when you know when we think of social media in its purest form It's meant to be a bridge, you know, to Mm -hmm. connect people and and, an opportunity to connect and to build and to find community in, in a lot of ways. And I think that if we really, you know, intentionally use it for that purpose and just be super mindful about you know when we find ourselves in that scrolling hole like i've been scrolling i mm -mm, that's not what this is for let me find my Mm -hmm. people let me connect with my people let me network and then get off of here and move on with the rest of my day so time for a break time for a breather one thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives throughout our day is to breathe so i invite you right now to allow three deep intentional breaths to enter and exit your body and by the time you're done we will be ready to continue thank you so much for listening Right. that's 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 really helpful so we're gonna switch gears a little bit and
1: hold on one second sorry this take your time is, please forgive, yeah. please forgive sure. me i no just worries. realized that i named dropped those two guys but i didn't actually say who my mentor is her name is awana oh, yeah. brown uh so oh. if everyone looks her up she's incredible she's amazing uh you can learn a great deal from her so that's uh, awana yeah. brown
0: Thank you. And then I'll I'll get everybody's uh, IGs as well. And I can put it in the podcast notes so people can connect with them. So thank you. you. Yes, we don't want to leave anyone out. So this next portion of the podcast is um, a little bit more just about you just about you, okay. Mia, not necessarily like you, me, the coach. And um, it's a little game that I that I like to play called Complete the Sentence. And basically, oh, I'm going to give you... I know, it's, it's fun. It's, 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 <laughs> it, don't, no stress. Um, it's called Complete the Sentence. And they are pretty insightful, you know, sentence prompts. But um, I'm going to give okay. you a sentence prompt, and then you can finish it however you like. And again, taking up as much or as little space as you want. So okay. the first one is, I am happiest
1: when hmm i i am happiest when i am quiet and surrounded by people that i love and who love me yeah there's a peace that comes with that you know when nothing else is going on but you just kind of look around and even if it's just me and my girl, right? It doesn't even have to be my, my big family, but to just, or me and my animals, we just to look and take a moment and pause and feel that love, that is always pure joy uh, for me.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's good. I have been inspired by... I,
1: I have been... I've been inspired by my mother and by Awana, I would say the most. My mom for showing me what what is possible. Uh, I have no idea how she bought a house, got a brand new car, had two kids, went and got her master's. Uh, Just I never had to want for anything. And she's a teacher, a public school teacher. So I don't know how she I don't zero idea how she pulled any of that stuff off, but she always managed to be there. And even though my mother never fully understood me, she still showed up for me. And so I'm definitely inspired by that. And then inspired by Awana and not so much because of fitness and health, but she too is another strong individual uh, who never quits and, mm-hmm. and, Cares greatly for the people around her. Like she loves deeply, and as you could tell us in her practice, and uh, and so, and she's man, she's beat and she's beat breast cancer like six or seven times or something like that. Wow. So I'm wow. definitely inspired by those two women for sure.
0: I love that. I love that. If I were truly brave enough, I would jump out of a plane. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um that is something I would really love to do and on a different note if I was mm-hmm. um, no yeah pretty much anything that I want to do I I do it it may take some time but I usually find the courage to get it done there we go yeah I'm with
0: you on the jumping out of a plane that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Mm, maybe. <laughs> is there a low flying plane that I can jump I on? I know.
1: <laughs>
0: <please>. <laughs> okay. And uh, the next one is, I want my
1: legacy to be... Mm. This is a two-parter, actually. Okay. Um, I want my legacy to be a thousand women who are their strongest and happiest selves either because of me directly or even indirectly because there are people that follow and they can implement uh different free resources that I put out and they do just fine with accountability by themselves you know and there's those that need to hire me but I want uh I want a thousand a thousand women who can say that they are their strongest and happiest selves because then they will then go out and affect people and then those people will go out and then affect people. So that's one legacy. And then the Mm -hmm. second legacy is a financial legacy. I want to be able to be in a position uh, that when my kid, who I don't have yet, but when I have one, turns 18, I can buy them their own apartment building. Wow. So that's another piece of legacy that we'd like to have. I love that.
0: I love that. And yeah, when those thousand women then tell 10 people, then that thousand becomes 10,000 and that 10,000 becomes Mm a hundred thousand. And there we go. There's that apartment building. So yeah, I I love it. 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 And the last one is, I showed myself love today by...
1: ooh, by getting up and going to the gym. I, too, like many people, was uh, down and out during COVID, and I did my best to do outdoor workouts, but that got really old for me because that's not what I like to do. It's not where I find um, my greatest joy, and I needed to get in a gym, and so I recently have been consistent for the past uh, two and a half weeks, waking up 6 a.m. and going night wallace, nice and empty. And that's my time. There's no animal that needs anything from me. My girlfriend doesn't need me. My family doesn't need me. I put my earphones in and it's just me and my body and, and pushing it and listening to it and caring for it. Um, that's that's how I show myself love.
0: I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the last thing I like to do when I wrap out each podcast is I'm um,
1: I have this little oracle deck
0: that I got a couple years ago, and it's super fun and lighthearted. And so every guest <laughs> gets to get a little like mini, mini reading. <laughs> so there's a deck of 52 cards. And so I just want you to pick a number between one and 52.
1: 23.
0: 23. Okay, let's see. 23. So the message is at your service. <clears throat> I hope it's comforting to know there is a big universal butler who is working behind the scenes taking care of all the details, making sure everything is turning out exactly as planned. This butler is as loyal as Fido, as determined Mm -hmm. as Diana, never give up, never give up, (laughs) (laughs) as trustworthy as your own beating heart. So can you let them carry the tray? Yes. Great.
1: Give it up. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Let the universe carry the tray. (laughs) Yes
1: carry this tray right into my new house (laughs) there you
0: go there you go yes exactly well this has been awesome really just sit down and talk to you one-on-one I feel like you know Danielle gets to talk to you and she talks about you all the time and I was like I want (laughs) to talk to her by myself so this was this was great and I got so many good nuggets from from this conversation and really also just a lot of affirming from the things that you've shared. And, you know, this gives me a little bit of insight to the type of coaching that you provide. And I I'm, I'm just standing in awe of the work that you're doing and I see the impact that you're having in people's lives and the way that you speak about the work that you do comes from a really sincere and heart centered place, which I, I recognize and I'm, I'm grateful for that. So I just commend you for the work you're doing and encourage you to continue to, to keep, impacting the lives getting to those thousand women which i know will happen because i i sense a level of determination from you that, <laughs> is, that is no joke so you know i just go sit back and watch like oh there's a thousand she said she's gonna do it there it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah so thank you so much i appreciate you for for the time thank you
1: thank you uh, those are really really kind words thank you so much for bringing me on i actually said at the beginning of this year i wanted to do more speaking engagements and since then podcasts and ig lives have been popping up for me so this is this is fun i love i could talk health and fitness all day i love it i
0: love it awesome 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 well yeah i will i will be sure to um to make sure people know how to find you you're just mia 23 on instagram and then also lift and flow performance is your your brand as well and then people can Book a call with you. They can ask more questions about what you do. And are you? I'm assuming, obviously, since COVID, that you're also coaching clients virtually as well yes. as you know close up. So, so yeah. So if people want to find you, I'll make sure they know how to get in touch with you. And um, yeah, otherwise, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you it's time to wrap this up. And I just want to say very sincerely, thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day. And I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now in this moment, I see the light, I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity and the pure joy that shines within each of you. And I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste.